0: is Yudalid. We we'll are uh, wrapping up the first part and beginning the second and we are in the middle of a whole se- series of Agathas around Moshe's death because uh, Mo- Yosef buried his father, God uh, Moshe buried Yosef, and God buried Moshe. We just had a beautiful little description about uh, him being carried by the uh, divine wings and accompanied by the angels during his uh, Leviah. So, um, we now pick up at the bottom of Gimel with Bet um, V'yeish Omrim, four lines from the bottom. V'yeish Omrim, Lomace Moshe. Bet you never heard that one. We heard Yaakov Avinu Lomace. That's a famous one. But here's Lomace Moshe, which is interesting. Um, anybody know why we fa- what, what the Gemara's basis is for Yaakov Avinu Lomace? It doesn't say anything mace. It doesn't say, right. It doesn't say that he died. It says Exactly. It says, <laughs> it says <laughs> but it never says that he was Mace. Okay. Um, so, anyway, by Moshe, it says he died. So, how are we going to say Moshe didn't die? Okay. Omidam Shamesh, when he was there with God, he was there attending, like he was there, you know, he was there attending to God. Afghan, Omidam Shamesh, he didn't really die. Which, of course, you know, you understand the comparison that's being made, which is, uh, you know, if Moshe was basically at such a high spiritual level, you know, how was he anyway at Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights without eating and drinking? He obviously was existing in some type of a spiritual and non physical sense, you know, non normally physical sense. So maybe, what, what happened to his body during that time? Maybe he had become all. All disembodied spirits, you know during that time with God and uh, maybe that's also what happened in Shem here you know maybe the death is just an apparent death because ultimately his body is lying is lying there but he's there with God his spirit is there with God and he ultimately is not really dead so it's an interesting comparison well, yeah, aren't all and spirits
1: with God? no but I mean
0: like he hasn't completely departed his spirit he's only there because he's connecting to God like like what happened during the 40 days when he was at Harsinai
1: what?
0: it's
1: a statement Yeah, statement comes right after the levaya. Exactly. Okay,
0: this is a different approach.
1: Where was he he buried? This is a different approach. By the way, a
0: different approach. He didn't die. Okay. Yes.
1: didn't need any sustenance for the 40 days he was dead right shut down I
0: I understand but I'm trying to explain how the Gemara can imagine it says without him saying he died I'm trying to see that rather than just making Zereshava maybe it's trying to say well let's consider you know what really was going on there for the 40 days you know and maybe something similar is going on here and it only is an apparent type of a death but not an actual death it is interesting you know again because you know the whole challenge sort of of the uh, you know the death of Moshe is here he is you know like you know the most powerful figure you know the lawgiver of Israel the one from whom all you know the, you know, through all the Torah comes so how do you deal on one hand you could say that's exactly why he couldn't go into the land like we had to be able to transition after him you know but um, you know exist without him uh, but you know a, but and but nevertheless once you know the Torah starts with instead of it's all wrapped up in mystery and who buries him the only one there was God to bury him you know so it uh the fact that they can develop an idea that, well, maybe he didn't even really die, you know, we want to hold on to that idea, you know, you can understand. Um, so the Gemara now continues. And he, presumably God, buried him in the valley, um, in the land of Moab, opposite Beit Por. So there's a lot of, so there's a, after the Leviah, so there's a lot of identifiers here. There are three identifiers in the valley, in the land of Moab, opposite Beit Por. There's one identifier in the, in, in the middle of another like in the valley in Eretz Moab you know it's like multiple identifiers <laughs> now, even so even though the Torah gave all these identifiers it was still unable to know where he was buried again sort of like it's wrapped in mystery and we're going to see something miraculous like prevent his grave from ever being discovered even with all even with all these identifiers so, the evil kingdom meaning Rome sent to the leader of Beit Paor, apparently Leader, um, show us where Moshe is buried. Sort of like the search for the lost ark. You know, not the Raiders of the Lost Ark when they go searching for Noah's ark on um, on uh, Mount Ararat. So go, you know, if we've got this mountain, let's go search it. Tell us where Moshe is buried. So need mem um, lamata So that when they were at the, uh, you know, at a high elevation. I mean, it was in a valley, but anyway, when they were at high elevation, it seemed that Mo, it seemed that the place where they had seen, like it looked like, you know, his gravesite, whatever, whatever they were looking. For, for it seemed that it was below them. Lamata, when they then went down, even it looked like it was above them, where you know the place they were looking for. So Nechuklu Shakita, it says they divided up into two groups, you know, cover their bases. So Lamala, the ones that were higher at higher elevation, in it seemed like the grave was lower. Lamata, those who were in the lower place, it seemed like the grave was higher. Okay, so basically there's obviously some magic that is not magic wrong word anyway, but some miracle that is protecting it to ensure that it can never be even though You've, it's been identified you'll never find it okay and obviously the point there is exactly the same point of transitioning beyond it's that if you know Moshe's gravesite then it becomes a place of worship right then he becomes deified so the whole point is you've got to move into the land of Canaan without Moshe without knowing his gravesite you know he, knew, he was like you know lo- yadda, the third the, the, the ends you know lo- right? but, because he was the greatest person the greatest Navi we have to be able to live our lives without him um, so therefore, it's impossible to find his grave. Rebbe Khaimah Shanem um, Avloyadayish Hashem Rebbe Kham Rebbe Khamin Amar Af Moshe Rabbeinu Eino Yodei Ahechan Kavur Even Moshe didn't know where he was buried. Ksiv um, <laughs> HaKa Well, he was sort of dead at the time, right. but I guess, <laughs> okay. Really the Lord, maybe even when he was dying, I don't know. The he Lord Yodayish I told where to go so to like, What does that mean? Right? I don't know. Maybe it means his spirit doesn't know. So, Lohyadayish Hashem Ksiv HaKa Ksiv HaKa K who else is the ish if not Moshe? Okay, Why was he buried by Beit Peor? to atone for the sin of Peor, right? Because the sin of uh, by Benot Moab, which is in that location. So I'm Rabbi My what's meant? You should follow after Hashem, your God. Is it possible to, to to walk after God? God is a consuming fire. How do we How do we say like be close? to God walk after God and so the only reason we're quoting this by the way is the same Rebicham or Rebichanin it doesn't directly attach Ella, but to teach you to follow after his ways the same way God uh, clothes the naked as it says that he made for Adam and his wife uh, garments of leather and he, and he, and he cloaked them he clothed them you should also clothe the naked God visits the sick God appeared to Avraham in the tabernacle of Mamre after he had done the Blit Nila so apparently uh, that's a biker Cholim even you should visit the sick God console the mourners and presumably that blessing is that he visited him after the death in order to console him there too you should also console the mourners Kavar God buried the dead so that does tie it back to Bagai you should also bury the dead so I want to say one or two things about this beautiful drasha. Um number one is is that it's uh, also it's very interesting to hold this uh, against another classic drasha that speaks about uh, going after God or uh, being uh, like God you know Tabi which is says no that's another one but I'm not going to talk about that one but this is Mahu Rachum Rachum Mahu Chanun Avatah and that really speaks about like two different approaches towards uh, ethics. Okay. One is, exactly, one focuses on character traits and the other focuses on actions. Um, and a very different type of an approach, you know. Actions focuses on ultimately what good are we doing in the world. It doesn't really matter you know, whether it's your inclination or not your inclination. Maybe it, in some ways it's even, you know, like Kant said that if I don't want to be nice to people, I don't want to give charity, and I force myself to give charity it's better because it shows that I'm doing it out of a sense of obligation and I'm prepared to do it even if it's not my nature. Um, and ultimately that says an ethical deed is one that actually does good um, and it doesn't matter about your you know, your personality. Another approach says, no, the whole point of ethics is to perfect the character. So for example, you have an extreme example about this in Rambam, where Rambam says um, uh, that the reason, you know, the famous line in vote which says, um, um, Akolufi go to, rov Hamasa, go to Hamas. It's all based on the, uh, the, the, the 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 amount of the deed and not the size of the deed. Like what? What does that mean? So Raman says what it means is that right, exactly better to give a one dollar of tzedakah a hundred times than to give a hundred dollars of tzedakah at once. Because if you give one dollar tzedakah a hundred times, you will have cultivated in yourself more of the character of you know of 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 of, of, of empathy and of giving tzedakah and of Right and of, you know, and, and of giving charity and so on and you do more to cultivate your character and there's a lot of things in Ramon Perish Mishnaya on Pirkei Avot where he has a consistent approach that he pretty much reads like everything there about perfecting your character even things like giving money to the poor the purpose of it is to perfect your character but it's not to so, from action no, there's no
1: ethical no, you're, theory that the force action from character development
0: no you need the action to develop your character but the goal is the perfection of character as opposed to the goal is to help people and make a better world. That's really the difference. If you read the Rambam, trust me on this, you can do it and then we can talk. Read the Rambam consistently on Perish and Pirkei Avot, pretty much every ethical deed there is described, because he opens it with the Shimon Eprakim, which is about perfection of character, and every ethical deed there is described as a means towards perfecting your character, not an intrinsic good in itself. Um, so, I mean, that's an extreme formulation of it. Similarly, for example, Rambam says, that Gemara says that a person shouldn't say, you know, well, whatever, we won't go on. Like, I don't want to do this, I, I I don't want to do the same I want to but God makes me you should only say that by the ritual you know but God prevents me from doing it you know you don't say that by ritual actions but by ethical actions the whole point is that you should want to do it and you should make that part of your character so the point getting back to this is that this is an important one that isn't quoted as much which emphasizes the idea of being like God as focusing on actions not focusing on you know character traits not rachum and chonun etc doesn't matter what you are that is what you do you know. Exactly, but the imitatio day is defined by actions, not by character traits. Yes, Gemma. Yeah, I
1: wonder if that statement can be related back to our larger conversation about Sosa. like especially because we started the parak with like, oh well, you know, like men marry the people they deserve. Uh-huh. Like, maybe you know, maybe there was, maybe he had it coming, or maybe he right. had something going on in marriage, and this is like kind of coming at the end of the parak. Oh. Like, okay, but at the end of the day, it matters what you well,
0: do. Oh, that's a very nice point. Right, very nice. So whatever sort of character you are, ultimately you get to you decide on the actions that you're doing. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. God is perfect, so He doesn't have to need any development of His character. <laughs> right? <It's> just purely <laughs>
0: Exactly. Exactly. But the Rochum and Chanun says exactly God is already perfect in character, and we have to emulate that that's character. Right, exactly. right. So which one are we focusing on? The other important point to make is, and one of the other important points is, you know, I also thought that maybe it's coming here juxtaposed to the story of Moshe because again, it's like, you know, motion, you know, like you want to like, you know, there's this inclination, like when you have to ha- bury, hide Moshe's burial place because. You'd want to like worship him and deify him and so on, you know. But the point is ultimately like just figure out how to be like him. You know, that's that, that, that's that's the way in which the same way here, like by God, the goal is to act like it's not to try to like you know, you know, you can never really you can't be God, you can't be Moshe, but try to figure out how to do how to act in a similar way. Maybe that's a little bit of the juxtaposition. The other point I wanted to say about it is the fact that it concretizes specific actions is very important. You know, Rambam says all of these things. Nichum avelim. what do we have did have hachnassus orchem habashas arumim you know all of these types of things are under the rubric of ahaf kamocha but if you just left them under ahaf talarecha nobody would do them but because Chazal speaks very concretely about an obligation called nichum Velim and an obligation called cholim and an obligation called hachnassus Orchim, right it very much concretizes it and it really becomes then you know something that you can really identify with that particular action so there's a real power and in a way that's much more concrete and be, oh, you should be chanun, You should be rachun. right? When you concretize it of concrete action, it's also something that's much easier to emulate. Okay, so now the gemara continues and the following. Now that we mentioned the puzzle of kasnas, or let's talk about that. We have some things we want to say about that. Okay, so um, kasnas or rabish more chadamer davar habamina or something that comes from leather. Okay, the chadamer davar no. It means it means garments. For the skin, for you, for the, you know, for that, that the skin, uh, um, benefits from. So Raji says it means sort of like linen garments, I guess, things that feel soft and nice against the skin. Um, there shall be see lie. Torah Right. In the beginning it's acts of kindness, in the end it's acts of kindness. Again, it's focusing on the type of of, of of good of actions that we are that are being modeled for us. So basically it's picking up on two of the things that were said in the previous pressure, but rather than saying, you know, you should be like God and A, B, C, and D, it focuses on the character of the Torah. That the Torah opens with an act of Kimil Khazadim and ends with an act of Krim to tell you something about like a predominant like theme about you know what the Torah is about right there's a lot of things going on in the Torah a lot of mitzvos, a lot of stories like it opens and closes with Kamidosh that should tell you something okay so um, okay now back to Moshe why did Moshe desire to go into the land of Israel what did he want to like eat like a Jaffa orange like what was the big deal oh, oh me to or just in any ways benefit from like oh it's a nice land I'll sit under you know the eucalyptus tree or something now, what was the word about? no Ella this is what Moshe said Harben Israel's been commanded many mitzvahs the eight mitzvah and they're only fulfilled in the land of Israel let me go into the land that they should all be fulfilled by me that I'll be able to do all the mitzvahs so I'm a low him What? Well, you want, I only want to do it in order because you want to get credit for it. "I'll give you credit like you did it." Alright, alright. finish. I will divide his portion in the masses. That atzumin and with the mighty he will divide the booty. because he has exposed his soul to die. That who rabin and with the he was counted. We'll see what that means. And he, the sin of the masses, carried. And for the sinners, he will inca- he will entreat. Now, now we're going to now we're, now we're going to explain each part of that pasuk. Therefore, I will divide from the masses. Maybe like later great people, but not like the early great people. Maybe his portion will only be like the later's, not like the not like the great early ones. With the mighty ones, he will the booty like, which were so mighty in turn mitzvot now back to that part of the passage because he exposed his soul to die his self to die he was prepared to die and if you don't do that, what you, you know you don't forgive them you have to go wipe me from your book which presumably he meant like just kill me now which is not necessarily I don't know if that's but anyway and with sinners he was counted let's see what that means that he was counted with he was among those who died in the desert like he ultimately you know now again why is that like a positive thing but I guess it's sort of like the captain going down with the ship you know or maybe he to some degree took some responsibility for the fact that they did not you know live up to the to the, uh, to the you know to the uh, test and were ultimately you know they uh, they had to die in the wilderness so it's interesting there what exactly the positive thing there is uh, maybe just you know because he suffered and he died died in the desert and didn't go into the land. Who uh, Chet he carried the... the uh Sin of the masses, shekiper al masa ha'egel. He atones for the sin of the calf, uleposhim and for the sinners he would he uh, he entreated. Shebikas rachmi ma'poshe Yisrael she'achzur b'shuvah. He uh, he prayed for God for this that the sinners should repent. The emptiela, filah and ptiela means to retreat And emar v'ata tifpalei ba'adam mezel v'altisa ba'adam minav b'tfila. Do not pray for this people. V'altifk ebi and do not entreat me. So Moshe there, although he did not enter the land, was given this full credit um as if he had entered into the land. Now Michael have a question. I also have a question, but we'll start with well, my question. Right. So one uh, question is, what does it mean that he? I'm just pulling something up. What does it mean that he's doing it? Who said Moshe was only doing it with Like there's a famous story of the Vilna Gaon that the Vilna Gon saw somebody on a, on circus that had the most beautiful Muhudur esrog. So he said to the person, he said, "Could you lend me your esrog so I could do it to be yotzei the mitzvah? i will be able to be as with such a beautiful esrog." The person said, "I'll only." Let you use my s if I get all of your schar for the mitzvah. So the Vilna agreed. So he took the s and, like, the, the student saw him and they said, like, he had never been happier to do with such a mitzvah in his life. And we said, Rabbi why are you so happy? He said, because every other time I couldn't know if ultimately maybe there was some reason I was doing it because of the schar. Now I know I'm doing it just to serve HaKadosh Baruch because I'm not getting any schar for this. It's just to shame the Mitzvah. So, you know, I mean, exactly. What does it mean you're doing it to get the schar? So that's question number one. You know, question number two I would say is if somebody would ask you look, you know, there's, a, you know, some, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, more, um, uh, you know, Haredim, now I think the Haredim more are uh, like more okay with the idea of the Medina or they, whatever than they used to be. I don't know how much they embrace it as a religious thing. But anyway, but certainly, you know, there was many, uh, you know, definitely, you know, the, for many Haredim, it's important to go to Israel to do the mitzvot, right? Because you get more mitzvot if you're going to Israel. But there's no concept of being in the land as part of a, you know, maybe there is now. Certainly there hadn't been in the past. You know, as part of some like larger, even not messianic, like not larger national identity you know, in a sense of a mission, and you know, God put us on here to be a people in the land, and go to the land in order to get the extra mitzvahs. You know, there are a lot of mitzvahs. You can do it as the show, but you can't do it elsewhere. You know, so it's funny that this gets reduced to the mitzvahs. Oh, he had a couple of mitzvahs he needed to do. Like, he hadn't done all the mitzvahs. He wanted to go into the land. That's why there wasn't, you know, the whole point of going into the land, wasn't it that to be with the people when they finally came into the land, that they, would they allow them to actualize their whole self as a nation, you know, under God, you know, the nation, defined by the Torah, to build the nation, to act, I mean, that's like the whole, you know, the whole vision. Like, is that really what it is? Is it just to get the mitzvos? So, I think that it's interesting to compare this, um, if I'm not, for, if I'm not, I didn't check this up beforehand, but if I'm not forgetting, to a statement of Rev. Simlai that ends Masechet, um, this is Rev. Simlai, he says this, right? Statement of Rev. Simlai that ends Masechet Makot. Let me just see quickly if I can find it. Hold on. Um... Ingressing Inouye was the one that gave the number of 613.
1: I think you're correct about that. Yeah,
0: and I think that...
1: There's a number of those traditions Right. one
0: of them. Right, I'm pretty sure he's the one that gave the number 613. Hold on. Rather than going straight to Gamar Makos, I can just type it into Google, because Google knows everything. <laughs> uh, let's take a quick look. Um, It is pretty funny how, like, oops, I wrote Simchai, but let's see, anyway, how it becomes, you know, the repository, because everything that anybody knows is out there on, um, on, you know, on whatever. Uh, Okay. Uh,
1: this association between most, so what? Guys, I, yes, is, is that because Arabs Yaakov or Mekayah mitzvot outside of Eretz Israel? No.
0: Yeah. Well, no, no, I don't think so. Just like they are the, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's what connected. I
1: connected to not going into Eretz Israel. That's what I
0: don't no, know. No, no, no. You get the reward. You get the reward as the greatest people. I don't think it's directly connected. Anyway, so it says, uh, right? etc Hamnuna my et towards. Moshe, etc. I was right. I think I was right. Anyway, hold on. So the reason I'm also looking for it is because I think it also types oh it's I was The reason I'm looking for it is because I think it also types into yes, I was right. Look at this. Um, um, so I'm Does that sound familiar? Okay, so that's no. So that's in the Mishnah, and then on that, you know, Rav Simulai says six hundred and thirteen mitzvah. So in a way the 613 mitzvot is an elaboration of the statement of you know the israel. So it's exactly the same idea of look at the number of mitzvot and the more mitzvot you do, the more score you do. It's all about the quantity of mitzvot. It's a very Similar type of a of a focus on just you know x number of mitzvot getting more mitzvot six hundred thirteen lezakut yisrael. Now some scholars, by the way, have suggested that that point of here by kolish baruchu mitzvot was a response to Christianity, where the you know where 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 the, the the Christian approach is that God gave us the law you know because uh, you know you know in order that we should in order that you know you know because we're like 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 so that we should sin. But how do you exactly articulate it? It's like the the, the mitzvot Vote are basically a way of leading. Nobody knows what I'm talking yeah, about. you are
1: saying that, like, to show that you need to be dependent on Jesus because no, we can all, all, do all. Yeah, things. but
0: ultimately, yeah, but and ultimately, that the law is like, you know, yeah, that no matter of spirit, and just you know, just reaching exactly. Out. But there's something more about that. That ultimately, having all the mitzvot reflects a lowly state, a non-spirit state, and so on. And this is a direct response and that says, you know, no, the rebuy mitzvot is lezakotitz toel. It's exactly what gives us, you know, you know, allows us, you know, to, to reach a very high spiritual state and only the law is the way through towards you know, redemption and merit. Anyway, whatever it is, it's a focus on the number of mitzvot, you know, and that very much fits in here with this focus, which is, if you think about it, very strange. It reduces the whole point of Eretz Yisrael to the issue of the number of mitzvot. So you think okay.
1: we should just review him in, the, in this particular context?
0: What? Yeah, I mean, I think that he's part of this uh, connection of tayag Mitzvot and Eretz L, and it could be part of like a, it could be part of like a, uh, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I don't think that we can infer from here that that's the only value he gives to Eretz Yisrael. L. I think he could be using this to support a particular mm-hmm. approach, a framework, an emphasis about the importance of the number of mitzvot and as many mitzvot as you do it's all a good thing and you should try to do as, you know, as many mitzvot as possible and so on. You know, obviously we always try to do as many mitzvot as possible. Very much concretely, like here this and so on. My uh,
1: I'm
0: not sure. I mean, I know that there's post been work Corban, on this.
1: very much a post-Korban perspective. Yeah. In other words, it's a trans... Even if there's more mitzvahs you can do in Eretz er, right. the really the core of one's I- national identity is kiu mitzvah. Right. Wherever you live. Hence, Moshe Rabbeinu himself didn't need to actually go into the land Right. Yeah, but that was the point. Oh. You're saying, because the, Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to, you're saying, you're saying, God is saying, don't worry about it. Just mm-hmm. You're saying, you shouldn't worry so much about the bit of because we can still do mitzvah the way I I see
0: mitzvah the I I'm sorry, one more time? No, what are you saying?
1: No, in other words, God is God is telling Moshe Rabbeinu that actually he doesn't have to enter into Eretz Israel. In other words, it's not his his leadership and Jewish identity is not dependent upon being in Eretz Israel. It's not
0: right. You know, it's not. Late. Oh well, that could be also. Okay, so words, so anyway.
1: That's what that's saying. Saying. Yes
0: here so yes the christian belief is is that the law is the law no not only that the law reflects bondage one covenant is from mount sinai and bears children who are slaves this is Hagar, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So anyway, you know, the law represents a bondage people, a non-free people, a non-redeemed people, and so on. Okay, moving on. Okay. Okay, and also interesting to go back to Jenna's point about the difference about, like, character and then how do you actually act on it and what are the deeds that you do. Let's take a look now at the second parak. Hayam to Street. Now we get read to... that we finished the first parak. Yeah, yep,
1: yep.
0: Hayam Min Minchata um, they would bring her. He, the husband, because actually, if you look at the pesukim, it is the husband that is bringing her to the Beit Hamikdash and bringing her mincha. He is sort of the actor here. He would bring her mincha in a type of a Egyptian uh, um, uh, um, uh, basket, some type of a vessel. You know, basically, mean like of a of, of a of. A, of, a, of, a, of Made out of some um, non fine material, you know, some venosna um, ayadeha, and would put it on her hands kadev liyagah in order to weary her. Am inchos would start and end with a kli sherei. And this begins not with a holy vessel, a kli sherei, but with this mundane and lowly vessel. The the clean shard, but in the end it's put in a clean shard, Because obviously you have to offer it as a mincha. All the minachot are, uh, demand oil and, uh, frankincense. This had neither oil nor frankincense. the is going to ask that a mincha um, also re- does not have, um, uh, but okay. We will see about that. Okay. Um, it is, you know, various like, times when, uh, like there's a uh, of yoreg, various times when for sins, uh, you know, normal sin you can't bring a mincha, but some sins you're, you're allowed to bring a mincha. You know, when it's like uh, one of these things that bases on how much wealth you have. Exactly. Kol um, minachos All minachos came from wheat. zuba. I'm sorry, this came from barley. Now there's one other mincha that comes from barley. Again, barley is a very animal type of food, right? It's not, yeah, it's cheaper, but it's, yeah, it's lowly. Mincha now it is true that the Omer would come from barley, but he is a that would come Garish, v'zubak kemach. So what's the difference? So Garish, Rashi says is the is what corresponds by barley to the idea of so less by wheat, which means fine flour. So garish might be barley, but it's very sifted and refined flour. That's how Rashi is reading. I know. Garish
1: Yerachin.
0: Garish Carmel or geris? Gerish Garish. 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 I'm sorry. You're right. Garish. Garish. You're right. Garish. Garish. You're, right, you're right. My mistake. Okay. So garish. Okay. So garish is refi- very refined um, uh, barley, which uh, flour which made it at least, you know, fit to be eaten. But this is coming, this is a type of a brand. The same way her actions, you know, until now we've just been saying that it's lowly, it's not refined, but he connects the dots. The same way she acted like an animal, her her, her sacrifice is the food of an animal. Now again, this labeling her, she acted like an animal, again, we're continuing this idea that this presumption of her guilt, right? You know, because how do you know? Maybe she's totally innocent. There's all this presumption. We're gonna weary her. Why are we gonna weary her? Because we wanted to admit. We're assuming she's guilty, we wanted to admit. Right? When he had the whole sort of story before, right, you know, and it said the whole mida mida, all of it is reinforcing. And this reinforces the midakenegha again, that presumption of guilt. It is worth taking a quick look at Toslos. Toslo says the following Um Maybe if minchata in seder ha mishnah says so so seder parsha mechuvanim. Actually, the order given in the mishnah is not the same as the order in the Torah. So seder parsha. Here's what you had in the parsha. Kino levenistera. Okay, that's how our masechet began. Mal eisho maybe if minchata. Right. Remember, in the previous parak, we already talked about the whole ritual about rending her garments and doing all of that, and now we're talking about the mincha. Right. In the Torah, you first bring the mincha. Okay. Maybe minchata. A kohen maybe feel so then you go get the uh, water ready so after the Minchan after the water is ready it hasn't been scraped into yet but it's ready okay then you dishevel her and you you know you do this rending of her garments and then after that then you do the whole thing about the waving of the Mincha and umasneima. Then you make, take, take an oath, so the closest is from the gila, umashkeh, and then he scrapes away the and he makes her drink it, okay? Um, umashkeh, and then you take it and you put it into a holy vessel, umegish and then you offer it on the mizbeah. And so that's a very nice distillation of like, I don't know, 10 psukim or more in the Torah. Anyway, as we're going to go through, we can see that our order is not consistent with the order in the Torah, and already the most obvious one is we have the disheveling of the woman before just Discussing the mincha. Okay, so now Tosos ends with a question. Number one, I don't know why the Tana is changing the order. Maybe there's some literary reason, some way of organizing the presentation, or or in Saidana Seder Parsha. And does when it, when we actually want to know how you go through the procedure? Should we assume you follow the order in the parsha? And the reason it's different here is for literary reasons, but ultimately the order has described the Parsha or maybe the time actually thinks that the Parsha is not in the sequential order and he's presenting it as the sequential order which is very hard to imagine that the Gemara would so re- radically redefine the order in the Torah without telling you that it was doing it I'm not saying it couldn't but it would normally tell you that it was doing it like it does it by Kohen Gadol in going Godal right. and the Avodah but it tells you the Gemara there tells you, that, this, you know, that it's not like the order it sounds like in the Torah here all you just have is the presentation in the Mishra so it's certainly seems that the order would follow the order of the Torah but it raises a question Is why is the information being organized differently in this Mishnah so that's something to think about yeah right okay Tanya why do you do this? To weary her. You know, you make her sort of, you, you have her holding on. Now, how does keeping the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, the mincha in her hands weary her? I mean, we'll, we'll take a look at what that exactly meant. We'll discuss. But the purpose is to weary her. In order that she should, uh, repent and admit her sin. And look how much God cares for sinners. That she, God would rather she admit her sin. Sin and and not have to suffer the punishment of the ma'amarim, you know. And if that's how much God cares for even sinners, how much more does God care for those that do God's will? What
1: would happen to her if, she admitted?
0: if she if she admitted? Then she gets divorced. But there's no see that's it, and she doesn't get her kluva. Otherwise, she's going to drink the water and she'll explode and die, according to the Mishnah. So umima, How do you know that the reason we try to get her to admit is because we want her? We, we, we're concerned for her life and her well-being. The Maybe we're doing it because, as comes clear in other Mishnayot, we don't want God's name to be erased unnecessarily. Very different concern: is the concern her well-being, or is the concern the erasing of God's name? So the Gemara says, "No." So this Tana, who says the only issue is protecting her and not God's name, understands that the mincha is actually brought after she is made to drink. Now, if you remember... That sounds a little bizarre because we understand that as soon as she drinks, it's like duck, you know, get, you know, get back, she might explode, right? If she brings the mincha after, what happened to the water? So Rashi explains, and calls in these nivdeket, but the effects of the water are postponed until the mincha is brought because obviously once you hit the climax of the effects of the water, it's like what what are you doing afterwards? No, no, you drink the water, you bring the mincha, and then we'll see what's going to happen, but. Since she already drank the water, life is no longer protecting God's name from being erased. So if we wanted to admit after drinking the water, before the mincha is brought, it's only in order to, uh, because we're care- we care for her well-being. The imi megillah, because of the concern with God's name, ha'imchukala, it's already been erased. Yeah?
1: So meaning that all that thing about trying to convince her not to do it, I mean to admit, happened after she drinks
0: the water? No, no, no. We try to get her all along to admit. But here, here but this Tana is saying even after we, you know, certainly there's a concern of erasing God's name and we try to get her to admit beforehand and we dishevel her and all those things to get her to admit beforehand. But this Tana is saying that even after the name has been erased, we try to get her to admit in order for her Uh, well-being after she's drunk the water. The water won't have the effect if she admits and you don't bring the it'll only According to this, it will only have the effect... Like, right. That's why we try to get her to admit now. Admit now! Even though you've drunk the water so that... And then we should stop it right here and it won't have the effect. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: like last drop of whatever it makes
0: Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's like that thing. Exactly, the thing that makes it explode is the bringing of the mincha. Okay. Now, by the way, while this sounds bizarre that you're bringing the mincha after the water, because I guess in, I think in all of our imagination the water was the last thing. You might remember that Tosos just said that that's exactly what the Pesukim say. When Tosos is going through the Pesukim, he says he says the coast of Megillah minchasah the That's exactly what the Pesukim say. She drinks the water and then she brings the mincha, we read it here it sounds so bizarre right so it's actually quite interesting right in our, and the Gemara has to point out he holds this opinion like taking us for granted that the normal assumption would be the drinking would be at the end ok so let's keep on going how
1: is, the, how is the, as the name erased what do they do they, they write out the they
0: write out the name, name. The name and they so they, they scrape great. yeah yeah we'll okay. get to that Call okay. so now we're comparing all the menachos are come with um, what do you call uh, oh beginning and end cliche, and this begins in a non cliche rate so the Gemara says Ramin I'll ask you. Say to how do you bring a mincha? You bring your mincha from your house, your, you know, your, your uh, flower, the kwasos, shel zahav, in various types of vessels of gold and silver. Then you put it in a holy vessel, and you sanctify it. The Gemara will discuss it. it. sounds like you have to do an act of sanctifying it, or an intention to sanctify The klisha race. And you, still the owners, not even the kohen, um, puts on it the oil and the frankincense. Cohen, and then you bring it to the kohen. The kohen and the kohen then brings it to the altar. and and touches it on the southwest corner of the altar. We'll discuss why in a minute. by the point of the of the of the, of the you know of the corner, the um, dayo, and that's sufficient. We'll see why you why had to say that that word. moves the frankincense to one side. The and he takes a hand breath from the place where there's like the oil has been well mixed into it. Um, and the reason that he moves the frankincense to one side is that his hand breath has to be only the oil and the flour; can't have anything else in it. Then no, Moshe took kli and he puts the comets that he now scooped out with his hands. He you know releases it and puts it in a second vessel, holy vessel, this is the going Because now that he took the comets, it's like you're the owner; you bring the animal, right? And then you know the coin. Actually, uh, you don't need a coin to shech, but anyway, normally the coin shech gets the you know takes you know the, the dam etc. So here too, you prepare the whole mincha, The coin comes and he takes the comets, which is like the sheet of the animal. He puts it in the vessel, which by the way is like the catching of the blood of the animal in the vessel. okay there's all these parallels okay, um, um, okay. Then, and he sanctifies the it. again it sounds like there has to be an act of sanctifying it so that's the hand breath that's in that special the second vessel. But he also collects all of the frankincense, the Nosnao gabbab and puts it on top of the hand breath okay and he brings it to the top of the altar, and he offers it up, which corresponds to the sprinkling of the blood or the throwing of the blood on the altar, The from the Holy Vessel, and he salts it, and going to say, how can he salt it if he already offered it up, so it says, he brings it to the top of the altar in order to offer it up, and he salts it because everything gets salt, and he puts it on the fire, on the fire, once the hand has been offered, the remainder of the mincha can be eaten, and they can now do anything they want with the mincha. They can spice it up and they can put oil and honey and uh, and uh, wine. They are they, not limited to do anything with the mincha. They cannot let it become ferment.
1: This was the, the, um,
0: the oil and uh, flour that was not part right. of the hand. Right. The shireha, the remainder of the mincha, which has to be eaten by the Kohanim in the Miha, okay. Okay. okay, that was the whole very nice Distilled description, yeah. but now, look, it says, Miha, it says nonetheless, uh, where were we, I lost my place, uh, that first you brought in, in gold and silver vessels, and then you put in a cliche So you see that a mincha begins in a non-cliche so it's no different than this. You know, you said all minchas start and end in a cliche this starts in some mundane vessel. No, all minchas also don't start in a cliche rate. No, no, no. All minchas start in nice vessels, vessels that are fit to be klisharate. Gold and silver vessel. This starts in some type of a, you know, of a, of a, like a hemp vessel, you know, which is unfit for being a klisharate. Okay. So now why is it unfit? So the mother says, So that sounds like this type of a, you know, wh- what is that thing that baskets are made out of? Is that hemp? Wick? Wicker? wicker? Okay, so okay. So it sounds like that's uh, I think that's what it is. And it sounds like wicker is not fit for being a cliche. Come on, who's that going like? So, look, Reb Yosef Krebosib Yehuda. The time we on the about clicherate are sancho eight, if they're made out of wood, and presumably wicker is seen like a type of wood. Um Rebbe Reb, Reb postel, Rebbe says it's invalid for a cliche. Rebiose Rebbe Marshia, maybe says it can be a rate. So if you want to say this is a vet that's about fit for being a cliche and this is not fit, well how about Rebbe Rebuhuda? He says it's fit, so is it not going like him? So Gamar says a few of them, Reb Yoseb, Reb Yehuda. No, it could even go like Rebysa Rabbi Aimadem Rebyosa Yehuda the Chashuvim he would allow it to be in a sharet if it was like a nice, you know, you know, you get a nice thing out of wood, carved wood, looks very fancy and nice. But plus in the armor not in some type of a of a of a lowly vessel. He would not allow, you know, a lowly wood wicker vessel that he would not allow. So Lay the Reb Yosh Rebihuda does do you think he doesn't hold of Hakiveu Nala secha Is this something fit to bring before God? So it has to actually be something that is, you know, fit for Means like to an officer to a governor. If this is not something that you would bring before a person of authority, then how much more so can you not bring it before God? So what's interesting is that's not just like a value that's being stated, but it actually invalidates something that doesn't meet that standard from being a cliche rate. So of course, which you know, it really becomes halachically prevents something from being a cliche. rate, which raises two questions. Question number one is like Michael said before when the Mishnah said if she was beautiful, you know, you wouldn't uh, you know do certain things. Like who gets to decide if she's beautiful? So who gets to decide whether this is a fit enough vessel or not is there you know is there a cohen that gets to decide whether you know what constitutes a quality vessel and also let's say it was gold or silver but it also was like you know main gold and, and you know in some way that even though it's of precious metal it's not appropriate to bring to a, as a way of honoring somebody would that also be invalid or is it the combination of the two a lowly material and not done in a nice way you know yes be all kind of
1: ironic, but we're talking about this two pages after we have the study team. Where- with their
0: money well, careful with their money. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Well, that's a good point. You know, careful with their money not to waste it. But then there's the opposite idea for the base Mikdash. Right, the flip is that the Gemara says by the Beisam Mikdash, like, ain't any youth of Mokamashirut. Like, the idea of the Mikdash is a place of wealth and, you know, status, and therefore we don't use cheap things. So, yeah, it's an interesting question what you spend your money on. I'd okay. Like to
1: point out yes. that Jen just remembered what was too dappy. The <laughs> <laughs>
0: right, there you go. The 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 yes. Do you have a
1: klichere that's outside of the temple? Like, in other words, can you bring something that is a klichere? Right.
0: So, uh, I'm sorry, you mean, can you take a cliche outside of the, outside yeah. of the temple? So if
1: you're bringing something, we were saying what, the, you know, what the quality, when they were originally bringing it from their home. Right.
0: It's no, not no, It's a right, though, right, right. So a, just, it, it doesn't become a cliché either. It's just saying that by normal menachot, you would bring them in a vessel that, in theory, could be a cliché, because that would be respectful of it. But it wouldn't, and then you would, when you got to the temple, you would transfer it to a cliché. Yes,
1: temple.
0: you only have a cliché in the temple, no. correct. Okay. The Nosnala cliché rate, so now you're in the temple and you put, now we're going to look at this discussion of a normal mincha before we get back to the Sota. Okay, so you put it in a cliché rate, a of a rate, right, um, and you sanctify it in the cliché right. It sounds like that's a separate act. So the Gemara says, Shmas minach cliché rate, emekachinerin dat. It sounds like that when you put something in a cliché rate right to sanctify it, it requires intention to sanctify it. So just the being in the cliché rate right doesn't sanctify it automatically. And that's a question. That's actually a debate in the Gemara, whether maybe just to putting it even without intention automatically sanctifies. It's like it. a
1: jewelry shot. Why else would you put it in there? Yeah,
0: but let's say you weren't thinking. I mean, okay, we can normally say that that's true, but the question is, do we assume that a at a fundamental principle, out. it yeah. needs intention? Okay. And here it says like you sanctified. It sounds like there was an intention. So the merchant says, no, aim a race you put it in to sanctify. Now to sanctify also could reflect your intention. But the point is you put I think the murders point is you put it in the clicherate thereby Sanctifying it in the cliche, it doesn't necessarily mean you had to intend it. The result was it became sanctified. Okay, Rashi, by the way, points out that you sanctify it before when you say, you know, a makdish, you know, my 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 flower for a mincha. Okay, but that only is kedushas peh, and where it's not considered kedushas aguf, an intrinsic kedusha that defines its identity. And the difference is, is about whether you can redeem it if you took it out of the base hamikdash, does it invalidate it? All of that intrinsic identity comes when it's put in the cliche. Okay, so now it continues. uh, then he, you, you, even the owner, now it's in the kli in the Azara You put on it the oil and the frankincense. Which, if you look in the pesukim, are, are talking still about the owner before it's brought, before the coin gives it. Which is the next pasuk to see. So it says, you put it on the oil. Then it says and you bring it to the sons of Aaron. And the, coin, and the coin brings it to the altar he's there, He shall bring it to the altar. You put it towards the southeast corner, southwest corner, and that's sufficient. Now, why the southwest corner? and What does sufficient mean? So, Minolan, you know, where you get this from? This is the law of the mincha. Bring it in the in front of God by the face of the altar. The ton, Now, what you have to understand is, I should have brought a diagram, but let's try it like this. One. Let's say this is the azarah here, right? This whole thing here, and this is the. Uh, um, this is the Hechav, right? This is the east, that's the west. This is the opening of the Hechav. Okay? The Mizbeach is here, and the ramp to of the Mizbeach is here, right? So Pineh Hashem means on this side of the Mizbeach, facing, you know, facing the Hechav, which is on the west. Pnei means the face of it, where you go when you walk up the ramp, is this side, which is the south. So one thing says Pnei the south, and the other says Lishne Hashem, facing God, which is the west. So the only way we do both is we put it the south end. Okay, so that's how you get it. So
1: let's take a
0: look. It says... Um, uh, where are we? Betanya. we turn to Bresel. HaShem, maybe in the west, because that's what Lishnei HaShem would suggest, right? The side of the altar that faces the Heichau. Uh, the face of the altar, which is the south, where the ramp comes up. Lishnei HaShem, if it's the face of Yol, so let's do it in the south. Nope, it's got to be before God. So one thing says west, one thing says south. So Yol, so Tamagam, 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 Hashem. Hot case. How you satisfy both of that? You put it at the southwest corner, you touch the actual point of the corner, the dayo, and that's enough. Rabbi Eliezer, the touching is similar to the throwing of the blood on the altar, by the way. Okay? by um, the but you know, there is a difference because well, the, um, the 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 mincha has to actually be burnt on the altar, whereas by the korban, the throwing of the blood sort of finish. I mean, obviously you burn the innards and so on, but the basic hakrava is satisfied once the blood is put on the altar. Whereas by the mincha, right, the, ultimately the hakrava is the burning of the of the komet of the komet. The but horn, this, the, 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 yeah, but this does parallel the throwing of the blood, at least in terms of the act. On the horn, okay, like right, the horn. exactly. So now, so that's all, that's one drasha. the Leizer, Rabbi, Omer, Rabbi has a different take on this maybe you should go to the I don't know do you go to the south do you go to the west you go to the south Amarta, which, which pasuk do I follow? Like, he thinks it's an either-or. You've got to make your choice up. Amarta, You have two verses that seem to contradict. One, you can go by its literal sense, and actually it will deal with, it will satisfy the demands of the other, of the other verse. The Echad, if you focus on the other one in its literal sense, You just would satisfy it, but you wouldn't satisfy the other verse. So which one do you think you're going to take? So you'll take the one that works for both. Them, you leave aside the pasuk that to take it as the dominant pasuk would not satisfy the other one. The Tosiman, you take the one, you grab hold to as the one that, both, that, that that can satisfy itself that, and, and that addresses the other pasuk as well. Now, how is that going to play out? Which one are we going to choose? We have to choose one that fits both. If we were to focus on the in the west, there would be no element of the face of the altar. Because if it's on the west side, it's not at all on the south. There's no element of the face of the altar. But here's how the other one will work for both. But if you do it on the south side, so then you satisfy in front of God in the west. How? Because, let's say again, if this um, this is the... the uh, heichal and this is the mizbeach. Imagine normally we assume that the mizbeach is the size of the mizbeach, thirty-two amot by thirty-two amot, is exactly opposite the heichal. Okay, so if you're on the south of if you're on the uh, south of the mizbeach, you're not in front of the heichal at all. But what would be if not? What would be? He's going to say that the whole mizbeach was here, right? So that if you were at the at the face, the south face of the mizbeach you would still be standing in front of the heichal. You understand? Right? No. <laughs> no. He said, but he says, if the mizbeach is here, if you put it on the west side, you're not getting the face of it at all. But if you put it on the face of it, especially near the edge, it could be seen as still directly opposite, right? Because directly opposite the opening of the oh. of, of, of heichal. Of the so that's how you are mataying shnei
1: You know, I'm having trouble with me. If you're standing in front of the kotel, yeah, and you're just looking straight ahead, yeah. Right. So you're looking. You're looking towards which direction? East. right? Yeah. So how does that correspond with this? No,
0: no, no. Because this is. It's the we call this the west side of the altar. Right. Not the way you're facing. This is the west side of the altar. The south side of the altar. If you sprinkle it here, the blood is lishnei hashem. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. And not the blood. The, the mincha, whatever it is. Um, okay. So, okay. Uh, okay. So what do you do? You put it up the south. The 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 karen, and then you're fine. So the gemara says. Um, so I don't get it. How is the south of the, of the Mizbeach in front of Hashem? because ever Haytana, this Tana is of the opinion, Kul Mizbeach Betsafon Kai, the entire altar, right, the Ulam here, is exactly midpoint of the, of the Azara. Like it's situated exactly in the middle of the width of the Azara. And here it was normally where we assume the Mizbeach is. But if you say the entire Mizbeach is in the north, Right, if this line, a line going through the middle, right, is exact midpoint. So, if the entire mizbeach is in the north, the end, the end of the mizbeach, right, is exactly at the front of in the middle point of the ulam of the of heichal. Um Kumisbeh b um I um, mean uh the r kai kai my Vidayo. Now what does Vidayo mean? Just put it at that corner and you're done. Of course you're done. What do you mean? I'm Ashi. it's trich, you need it. Sarad Ramina, Tibahagas, Mincha Gufa, maybe you have to touch the actual physical mincha, not just touch the vessel. Kmash Milan, that's just touch the vessel. The maybe maybe you should. It says you touch the mincha, Vigishalom is bear. The same way when it says you bring it, it means in a vessel. So when you touch it, it means in a vessel. Let's just be one more line. You move the frankincense to one side. So when you take the when you take the comets, you shouldn't have a little bit of the frankincense mixed in with the mincha, with the flour and the oil if when you took the comets, the you had a little rock, or a little, a little, like a little, you know, what is it, a, 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 a crystal grain of salt, crystal. right, or a little grain of uh, the frankincense, it's invalid, because it's not, it's not, your entire comets is not out of mincha. The komets, and you take the comets in the place where the oil, if there's a lot of oil, where it's well mixed, know, see, Okay? umi yeah, I got Garish right. Okay, so it emphasizes its oil means there has to be like a lot of oil there. Okay, and one, more, and one more line. Again, it sounds like you do an act of sanctifying. It doesn't happen automatically. Oh, no, it asks another question. You already sanctified it in the yes. Klisharate. Yes. Why are you sanctifying the comets in another Klisharate? This is just the comets now. Why are you sanctifying that? So the says, Adam, not Adam. Adam. That's what happens by blood. but Behema, when you Shech the Behema, this is an interesting parallel. The Sakin is, the knife is a clicharite. And the knife sanctifies the blood. The same way the clicharite sanctifies, right, the, uh, so, um, so, you know, the, the same way the clicharite sanctifies the mincha. But even though the knife sanctifies the blood, the blood is ca- caught in a klisharet, which shows another act of sanctification. So even though the knife sanctified it, nevertheless, you catch the blood in klisharet, which sanctifies it a second time to make it fit for being thrown on the altar. It's one thing to sanctify it. It's another thing to get it to the level of being put on the altar. Hachanami, Loshna, here too, by the Labona, it is no different. Okay, so we will continue with this tomorrow.